This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. You can find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Welcome to Digimon Chronicles, where I continue to read Digimon Seekers. <laughs> We're starting Chapter 2 after 18 parts of Chapter 1. So this is Chapter 2, Part 1. Chapter 2 is called Hacker Leon WWW Airlines Flight 626. Is that Chapter 2 long? Chapter 2 long? AG Wolf of the Ninth Avenue. I don't know, that has a certain music to it, but WWW Airlines Flight 626. Eh. Anyway, so here we go. I'm going to read it, I'm going to comment on it, and uh, you're going to like it. <laughs> uh, your mileage may vary. Anyway, so here we go. Also, the uh, Digimon Dreamers manga is out and about. It has a official notice on it that it was localized by a certain team. And that gives me a little faith because the this one, Seekers, is just done kind of anonymously. So, anyway, that should be fun. I'll go ahead and read that as well. So you'll be getting uh, two Digimon Chronicles a week, I guess. Uh, I'll, I'll see how long that one is when I actually get into it. So, <clears throat> without further ado, here we go. This is Kun's translation. Thank you very much. Chapter 2. Hacker Leon, WWW Airlines Flight... 626, Chapter 2, Part 1, WWW Airlines Flight 626. There weren't going to be many people who remembered that airline, flight number, nor the model of plane to which it referred, not in today's world, where big news stories would frequently bleed together. While plane crashes were not an everyday occurrence, they did happen somewhere in the world almost every year. Although... Not every crash had a number of casualties in the triple digits. WWW Airlines Flight 626 had reached cruising altitude somewhere above 30,000 feet after takeoff, when it suddenly and inexplicably deviated from its flight path and disappeared altogether. Authorities confirmed that the plane crashed into the ocean, but neither the plane nor its flight recorder was ever recovered. Not a single body turned up. Everyone aboard was eventually presumed dead when, several months later, a piece of the plane washed ashore thousands of kilometers away from the crash site. The cause of the crash was never determined, let alone whether it was an accident or foul play. Theories on everything from mechanical failure to the pilot's mental health were floated, but none were confirmed. There was one person, however, who knew the truth. That a codecracker used an AI known as a Digimon to deliberately crash... WWW Airlines Flight 626. This information was not made public because the public wouldn't have understood. A majority of the world wasn't even aware of the existence of the Digimon, let alone the digital world. Gasp! Leon Alexander snapped bolt upright in bed, his breathing ragged. He'd had the same nightmare again. He hunched over and steadied his breathing before reaching a hand out into the darkness. Soft light illuminated the room. I heard you scream. Are you okay, Leon? said the Digimon beside his bed. The Digimon was hollowized and was the source of the gentle glow. His body crackled with electricity, occasionally setting off little sparks. Pulsemon, child level, beast type, vaccine species. He looked like a small electric elf. A lick of fur on his forehead stood out like a lightning bolt, bobbing gently as he 
worried over his partner. Were you dreaming about the accident again? You haven't done that in a while, he said softly. Yeah, Pulsman. I dreamed it again, Leon groaned. Aided by Pulsman's light, Leon snatched the bottle of mineral water from his bedside table and twisted off the cap, draining the entire bottle in one go. Do you need your medicine? No, thanks. I'm good. Thanks, Pulsman. Ugh, what a time to be awake, huh? Leon looked out of his apartment window at the commanding view of Denrin District below. The skyline was barely visible in the pre-dawn light. You've got an early class today, don't you? Why not try getting a bit more sleep? Pulsman suggested. No, I'll just get up now. The class is boring, but the professor is real strict about attendance. The courses were online, but there were always attendance checks and a pop quiz on the lecture at the end, which were a real pain. Do you even need to graduate at this point? You're basically an Abbott and Electronics DDL employee by now, Pulsman said. I promised my father that I'd graduate and get a job, so that's what I'm going to do. Besides, being a college student with loads of free time leaves me with plenty of time for other things, Leon replied. Like ethical hacking? Pulsman asked with a playful wink. Aha, I should go shower. The nightmare had left his pajamas sticking to him with sweat. Leon Alexander hoisted himself out of bed and shuffled to the bathroom. Digital World, Walsalem, 9th Avenue. 9th Avenue's boss, Lugamon, and a hollowized Eiji stood before the mausoleum of the Castle of Nine Wolves. So you haven't exactly gotten your memories back then? A.G. asked Lugamon. I can only tell the sense... <clears throat> I can only tell from the sense here that this Ninth Avenue is where I grew up and later claimed as my territory. The memories themselves were fragmented and lacked detail. I see. I hope you remember the rest someday, A.G. said. I don't care either way, Lugamon shrugged. Oh, really? Lugamon didn't seem too concerned about whether he had his memories or not. Do you humans remember everything that's happened to you and like clinging to those memories? Hmm. I don't remember anything prior to elementary school, so no. And there are things from middle and high school that I'd prefer not to remember either, A.G. admitted. A.G. had become a freelance codecracker at the same time he graduated high school, so inevitably he'd lost touch with all his friends who had moved on to higher education. I thought as much. Lugamon snorted. The stuff that's trivial we tend to forget about anyway, so who cares? Well, don't you sound all grown up and tough, like a hard-boiled detective. Just then, three Tyrannomon emerged from the various alleyways surrounding the Castle of Nine Wolves' main plaza. Oh, hi, fellas. Nice work, Lugamon said. Grrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
those foolish enough to try invading my territory while I'm away. I'll set up the routine now. Take good care of this place, Tyrannomons, A.G. said, petting one that loomed over him. The Tyrannomon responded with quick, low growls. A.G. couldn't hold a conversation with them since they hadn't mind-linked, but unlike before, he could now tell when they were trying to communicate with him. That felt nice. Woo! The will of a sharp, piercing siren snapped A.G. out of his momentary reverie. What's going on? He spun around, scanning his surroundings. The alarm wasn't coming from his Digimon linker or any other tools. The other Digimon, who had been loitering in the plaza, fled in a panic. Some retreated into buildings, while others scrambled towards underground bunkers. A.G., Lugamon shouted above the din, gather your Tyrannomon and get back in here. Why? A.G. shouted back as he used the virtual monitor to swiftly return his Tyrannomon to their dock, then disengaged his hollowized form to return to Lugamon's Digicore. He could now see through Lugamon's eyes. A virtual monitor opened up before A.G.'s eye level. Lugamon dashed up the side of the Castle of Nine Wolves to the top floor where a watchtower stood, looking over the expanse of the net ocean. The Digimon on lookout was the one sounding the alarm. There's turbulence, lookout Digimon cried. Turbulence? A.G. repeated. He wasn't entirely sure what that meant in the context of the digital world, but he could tell it was bad from the frantic Digimon below. There, Lugamon said, shifting his gaze. A.G.'s eyes focused, revealing a gigantic hole, no, a whirlpool, on the surface of the vast net ocean. It looked as if someone pulled the drain plug in a massive bathtub. The vortex had to be several meters in diameter, and it moved slowly outside Walslum within the desert of meaningless data as it sucked all manner of digital detritus into its gaping maw. We stand on the security wall that protects the digital world from, contain from contaminant data of the real world, but of course, no wall is perfect. Lugamon explained. There are small gaps and cracks within the security wall, which cause the turbulence that you see there. The security wall was a literal wall that protected the digital world, while the wall gate managed the flow of web traffic. Wall Slum was built from the wayward bits of junk data that accumulated around the wall gate. But holes in security were bound to spring up anywhere, even outside of the gates controlled by the digital world system. So that's coming from a hole in the digital world security, A.G. yelled, understanding the broad terms. Exactly. They're like natural disasters that we never know when or where will occur. That are in particular, though... <clears throat> Let me start that over. <clears throat> exactly. They're like natural disasters that we never know when or where they will occur. That area in particular, though, is a hotbed of vortex activity. Lugamon said, keeping his eyes on the path of the turbulence. Hotbed? All of the data that Walslum can't contain spills out from the last coast into the outside borders. It'd be like if a huge garbage dump ended up trailing into the ocean. I don't know why the current carries it all there, but there it remains, a floating island of refuse, Lugamon said gravely. That's awful. Over there is Dust Kingdom but not even the scavenger Digimon of 5th Avenue tread near that area. It's full of useless garbage data, after all. No one knows if the contents of that useless data are the reason why it causes warps. Warps? The warping creates 
all sorts of things to happen. But most of all, it creates turbulence. Most turbulences are short-lived, but every so often, a particularly large one forms. On rare occasions, they threaten Walsam directly. Then what happens? The turbulence in front of them skimmed over the edges of Walsam. Roar! An immense roar filled the air as they watched the vortex tear up a section of Walsam, breaking apart data before it was sucked into vast into its vast void. It completely obliterates an entire district, including all the Digimon who live there, Lugamon said solemnly. You can't be serious! Fortunately, the current vortex quickly retreated and dissipated after grazing Walslum's outer shores. The sirens ceased wailing, and aging Lugamon watched as Digimon re-emerged into the castle of Nine Wolves Plaza below. What happens when you get sucked into the turbulence? If that thing is a hole in the digital world security, then could it take you to the deep digital world? A.G. asked, furrowing his brow. If there was a wall in the security, then surely there would be something on the other side of the wall, right? First of all, we Digimon don't call what's beyond the wall the deep layer, and besides, that would be impossible, Lugumon said, shaking his head. What makes you say that? The digital world wouldn't allow a security hole to remain open if a human used the turbulence to reach the deep digital world that you guys speak of. What would happen? A.G. asked, swallowing hard. Even if you managed to endure the force of the turbulence itself, you wouldn't leave it alive. There would be no room for miracles. Under no circumstances would the digital world's system administrator abide an intruder from the real world. Now let's go, Lugumon said, changing the subject quickly. Go where? Don't go where, me. You're the one who set the reminder, and now I've gone out of my way to remind you. That was enough to jog A.G.'s memory. Time flies when you're mind-linking. Oh, shoot, my appointment with Professor Ryusenji, he shouted. A.G. severed the mind-link and returned to the real world. Avidin Electronics, Denrin Digital Laboratory. Good morning, you two. These are phenomenal results, Professor Ryusenji beamed, keeping praise upon A.G. and Lugamon the moment he'd stepped into his office. Thank you, Professor. We owe our successful mind-link to the Digimon Linker and your tireless work, A.G. said, smiling from ear to ear. Lugamon's hollow-eyes form sat curled on the sofa. <clears throat> and to your compatibility, my dear boy. Mind-linking doesn't work with just any Digimon, and it takes more than just an advanced device to do it. You two share a special connection, Professor Ryusenji said with a grin. Still, A.G. began, when I came out of the mind-link and woke up back in the real world, I did feel a little woozy. <clears throat> when A.G. had woken up from his first mind link, he had found himself still leaning against the wall of his apartment. His head had been swimming as if he was on board a wafting ship, and he had felt like he'd wanted to vomit. I've been monitoring your vitals through the Digimon linker, and I haven't noticed anything unusual. From looking at past trials, I don't think it's something to be concerned about, so long as a bit of rest was enough to help you recover, the professor explained. It was no different, apparently, from an astronaut returning to Earth after a stint in zero gravity, and something Eiji would grow accustomed to with time. <clears throat> That's a relief. Oh, there's also the thing about Lugamon. Hey, Lugamon, don't talk to me. I want to sleep. A languid voice shot back. Lugamon got upset when he was bothered out of his naps, so Eiji decided to leave him alone. A question for the professor, then. How are Digimon able to talk in the real world, too? A.G. blurted excitedly with his basic question. 
Once your mind linked with the Digimon, you're able to communicate with them. From that point onward, the professor calmly replied, once a human had mind linked with the Digimon, they would converse with each other, even after the mind link was severed. So that means there are more talking Digimon in DDL? AG prodded, AG prodded uh, extrapolating from the professor's comment about past trials. That, as you know, is classified. D4. Professor Ryusenji answered by way of indirect confirmation. DDL was AE's state-of-the-art research laboratory. The D4 division must be full of exceptional hackers, code crackers, and now, AG suspected, powerful Digimon. Right then, to business, AG said, pivoting to the meat of the meeting. The purpose of AG meeting Ryusenji today was to give the professor his interim report. Professor Ryusenji had selected AG to infiltrate the militant team of code crackers known as the Sons of Chaos and get close to Tartarus, their mysterious leader, to learn more about the massive operation the SOC were planning. I got word from the interviewer that I passed the SOC entry exam, A.G. said, flipping his phone around to show the professor, said interviewer's avatar, an abstract icon wearing a necktie as a headband set alongside the, uh, sat alongside the message he'd sent through Grimm, informing A.G. that he'd passed. What did they give you as your test? To survey the wall slums Ninth Avenue. That's a danger zone, where even code crackers and the Digipolice fear to tread, the professor noted. It was easy for me, thanks to MindLink. Luckily, it also turns out that Lugamon used to live right there in Ninth Avenue. It was his old stomping grounds. Hmm. Did you already know about that? AG couldn't help but ask. Well, DDL took, rather... DDL collected, the professor began choosing his words carefully, Lugumon from Walslam all those years ago, to keep him safe. Safe from, A.G. asked expectantly. That's classified. D4, A.G. asked, guessing the answer. Quite right. Now, were there any more developments with regards to Lugumon's memory? The professor asked. He only remembered bits and pieces when he picked up his own scent in Ninth Avenue. When he evolved into Lugamon, it felt more like he was originally his adult form and just remembered that form existed rather than achieving the evolution, A.G. said, voicing a hunch of his. Hmm. So he recovered some of the power that he'd originally had, the professor said, nodding in acceptance. He couldn't remember much of anything, but the other Digimon of Walslam remembered Lugamon. I believe they called him the Demon Wolf of the Castle of Nine Wolves, said A.G. Lugamon was a big enough boss, Digimon, that he had two names to prove it. So his higher-than-thou attitude was from his original state of mind, I guess. I'm just glad that it wasn't due to bad timing on my part, A.G. said, pleased with himself. I'm sure you're already aware, but we have observed errors in Lugamon's memory. What we would call amnesia in humans, the professor stayed on topic. Yeah. It's possible that as he remembers more, he will suffer bouts of mental anguish. If and when he does, Eiji-kun, I want you to be there for him. I want you to face the Digimon from the heart. He was clear from the professor's gentle tone of voice that he cared deeply for Lugamon. He wasn't just some AI program to him. You got it, Eiji said, looking over at Lugamon, still curled up on the sofa. Whereas A.G. was hollowized in the digital world, here in the real world, it was the other way around. 
When I was hollowized in the digital world, I think I got to understand Lugamon a bit better. Like, how Digimon feel, I guess? A.G. couldn't adequately put his thoughts into words. Is that so? Well, let me just say, then, that I feel incredibly fortunate to have met such a young codecracker as yourself, the professor said. You really mean that? A.G. said happily. So much has happened since I met you and Lugamon, and now I feel like my life is moving again. That's why I really want to work with Lugamon in the digital world, to change life for the better. Hmm, yes, life. I suppose that makes you two partners in this endeavor. Ryu Senji describing him and Lugamon as partners hit Eiji just right. You bet we are. To Eiji, Lugamon was his Digimon partner, who he teamed up with to help one another navigate the digital world. That was how Eiji honestly felt about Lugamon, and Eiji would do whatever it took to make sure Lugamon felt the same way about him. If he could manage that, they could do anything, even grow successful in, di in the digital world and change his life for good. Well, that's right, Professor Ryu Senji said. Here's a little something extra for you, seeing as you got him to evolve to adult. Awesome, a bonus. This was uncharted territory for Eiji. He would never have been able to save up a 100,000 Digicoin, let alone 500,000 in an hourly job, no matter how many hours he poured into it. Now, though, he wouldn't struggle to pay rent or his credit card bills anytime soon. Feeling financially stable was exhilarating. It's sushi for dinner tonight. His small success in the digital world were paying real-world dividends, and in turn affording him the ability to take on more risks in the hopes of reaping big rewards down the line. Now, Eiji-kun, I want you to continue your investigation into the SOC, Professor Ryusenji ordered. Well, I'm an official member now, and I've already been contacted by the higher-ups, so I'll be meeting with them later today, Eiji said. You certainly work quickly. Being able to mind-link opens doors. It's better than any business card. The mere mention of being a mind linker earned Eiji immediate respect, and wearing the Digimon linker conferred more status than any luxury watch he could have bought. Who are you meeting with in the SOC? Um, let me check. Eiji scrolled through the messages on his phone to find the name Marvin. Codecracker Marvin, I guess is his name. I've only texted him. Marvin the songsmith? You weren't kidding about meeting the higher-ups. Professor Ryu Senji rarely took such great interest in people, so this caught Eiji's attention. Is he famous or something? He's a codecracker that writes code as though he's a virtuoso playing their instrument. He's one of the lead developers of that app you use, Grimm. That's the one. Which made him one of the leading software engineers in the world. Grimm protected its financial and social media services with extremely robust security. People the world over trusted it implicitly. However, if you worked for or ran an upstanding enterprise, you couldn't use Grimm for official business. Why? Rumor had it that Grimm was developed and run by volunteer codecrackers. In reality, though, there was no end to all manner of public institutions and armies casually using Grimm out of sheer convenience, which became an enormous security issue. Oh, so he's huge. Then maybe getting to their leader Tartarus is just one step after getting to Marvin, eh? A.G. mused. Be careful, A.G. Kun. You're a spy. Never forget that. You must operate in the SOC's inner circles without blowing your cover. I would prefer that you have a long career, the professor cautioned. Yes, sir. Good. Now before you meet with a member of the SOC's upper echelons, it's important that I show you something. It will be a matter of life and death for you. Professor Ryusenji opened a file on his computer for A.G. to see. D4. 
classified, ML, experiment number, redacted, date, redacted, site, DDL. And that is the end of chapter 2.1, or 2-1, um, called After the Airlines Flight. And uh, it's, you know, it's called Hacker Leon, but we didn't get a lot of Hacker Leon, which was a little frustrating. I liked everything we got with 18 Lugamon. I liked getting with Ryu Senji. Um, something about the tone shifted for me as soon as we were back in the in the DDL lab. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I just like the professor's personality. Um, maybe I am a little frustrated or flustered with AG being kind of a... Uh, well, you know, AG being AG. Let's just put it that way. Um, maybe I'm frustrated with that. I don't know. But something about um, switching from just his dynamic in the digital world to then being here with the professor and... Uh, and Lugamon was interesting. Although, I mean, it is interesting that there's this turbulence and that it's, um, it reminds me of the D-Reaper, like, wiping out sections of Wall Slum and, like, taking them down into the, I guess, deeper into the digital world. Is that what it is? Um, sure what it sounds like. Anyway, but, you know, that's interesting. I like that Lugamon isn't, like, obsessed with finding his memory and filling that in. That's a different spin, I think, on an amnesia plot. That might just be an aspect of his personality, though, where he's not going to uh, be open and really expressed uh, sorrow over having his memories lost. And he's like, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm the tough guy, that's all that matters, and this is my place, my stomping grounds, and you know, I'm ordering these Tyrannomon around, and you can be my fourth member of my crew, and uh, I don't know. That was a really funny moment, too. Um, and it was cool to see that the, the Tyrannomon and Lugamon you know, coexist together, and that they coordinate and work together, and that he is, you know, they, they say... Uh, in the text, like a mafia boss or mob boss, but I'm thinking just like he's the alpha of the pack. And I think that's a really neat idea. There was a really interesting dynamic, and I liked um, that uh, AG was like, uh, you know, being friendly with the Tyrannomon more now, you know, realizing that they're alive, realizing that they have this level of intelligence, even if they can't communicate. Like, there's like an appreciation and a respect um, between them, and I think that's pretty cool. I like that, uh, you know, we've gotten to see the you know, Digimon are tools, um, they're just AI, uh, and then his realization that, yes, as they say so often, Digimon are alive, and that he can have uh, these different types of relationships with them. So that was a lot of fun. I thought that was really cool. And, uh, yeah, I liked that. And then um, it's a little funny that the professor is telling him that all these things are uh, classified and he can't know about them from this D4 thing, but then he... It sounds like at the end of the chapter here, he's going to open him up to it. Um, which, going back to that, I, I'll i be a little frustrated if next chapter we're back with Leon and we only get a snippet with him. I want them to continue this thing with AG, close that out, and then let's actually focus on Leon. And uh, is it possible? I tried to... I just did a real quick skim. I looked for 626, and I tried to see if that was the plane that had crashed in the video that AG was shown before. I'm pretty sure it is the same plane, um, and I don't remember, I feel like it was 10 years ago, so was Leon a preteen in that, did that happen after he had met and was friends with, uh, AG, but before, obviously, his college days, because it was, like, 10 years ago, um, and, like, did his parents die, and, you know, had he made promises to his father, and had, you know, all this stuff with, you know, his mother, and that's part of setting him, him up as, like, this orphaned guy, and, um, you know, kind of being all alone and, like, what he has is 
you know, the Digimon thing and the being a code cracker and whatnot. I, I don't know. Like, we did not get enough of his character <clears throat> for me to really get a handle on him, but I like him so far. Um, his vulnerability with uh, Pulsemon and the fact that he has this you know, recurring nightmare or whatever um, makes him a little more interesting, makes him a little more sympathetic, and I like uh, I like that. So um, I just would like to get more of him, and I would like for the chapter that's called by his name to actually feature him in it largely. Uh, I mean, AG was mostly in AG, Wolf of the Ninth Avenue, but we had those long instances where we were with Satsuki and uh, her boss, the... I don't know, Oolong, I, I'm sorry, I don't know, whatever. Um, the Chinese lady, right? She got the Chinese name. Um, <clears throat> but her, her police boss lady. Um, so, like, we got instances with them and, you know, a little bit of Ryu Senji, but it was like, it was like 70% of the cha- of chapter one was all agey. So, I'll be interested to see how the rest of this goes and if we get a lot more focus on Leon or not. Um, yeah, and I think I would like that. So, anyway, with that, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Uh, Look forward to the next episode where I will be reading uh, chapter 2-2 of Leon, Hacker Leon, WWW, Airline Flight 626. And uh, also look forward to this week in a day or so, uh, the Digimon Dreamers episode coming out, because I will be covering that manga as well, presented by Digimon Web as part of this whole Digimon 25th anniversary project thing. So, uh, or I, I don't know if it's, if it's fair to call it that, <clears throat> or if it's more of a, I thought it was like a ghost game spinoff. Instead of Digimon Ghost Game, this was Digimon Dreamers. I think that's the deal. But anyway, we will get into that later when we get into it, and I will talk about it in the body of that episode, because let's you know keep them separated and keep focused on one thing at a time. Anyway, until next time, folks, take care. This is MJ, signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.